So yeah, thank you for being, you know, part of this interview here. Um, and you know, one of the big things, you know, I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, I, I've met a lot of people, and you know, me personally, I believe that, you know, helping others in need, you know, the universe and things will give back to you when you when you help other people in need. And I think there's a lot of influential people out there that maybe don't do enough, or at least in my opinion, they don't do enough to help others in need. And you know, when I came across you, I see that you really, you really, uh, you know, use that as a way to to better yourself and and you know, get, ha you know, make yourself happy, I guess. And I'm curious, you know, why do you think it's important to help people in need? And why do you think some people, you know, choose to, to not help others as much as maybe they should? You know, I think it's a simple shift in the paradigm of value. And it took me years to understand this paradigm. Uh, a lot of people have scarce energy. Uh, they don't grow up with everything that they want. As you know, I grew up in this. A poor part of Akron, Ohio, with a single mom and six kids, and uh, so I always felt like I needed to go out and get what I wanted. Uh, I always wanted to help people, but I wanted to get what I wanted. And uh, through building extraordinary wealth and then losing it, I started realizing that you know, what if instead of trying to get my own and from taking uh, from people, selling them, overselling them, back-end selling them, or even lying to them to get what I wanted. Uh, then what happens if, uh, you know, I would have a void to fill when I did that, meaning I make promises uh, and I would have to keep them. And I realized I was human, even with good intentions, uh, I had difficulty filling that void of what I promised to do to take the value from them. And so when I learned to shift the value to just being of service, helping other people, I started realizing that if all I was is that service to other people, and to provide as much value as I can. And, and I'm not saying sit around. I'm saying work even harder for others and to provide out value for others. But a void was created on the side of the universe. And unlike me, the universe was extremely effective, efficient, and statistically successful. And I created this void by giving, by being of service, that the universe would fulfill. And when the universe fulfilled it, everything I desired came to me rapidly and accurately because I was giving to others and being of service and that I naturally, through the physics of the universe, provided not only more value to others, but more value to myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that sticks out in my mind is, you know, I've heard a quote that says, you know, if you help enough people get where they want to go, then you'll always get where you want to go. Um, and, you know, that kind of sticks out to me with you because, you know, I've been researching and looking at you know, all the different things you do and all the different talks. And, um, you know, you kind of, you know, really push that as, you know, fill that void, you know, help other people. And, you know, some of those things will kind of come into your life. Um, you know, what are some of the ways that you're giving back right now, you know, using your influence and, and the stuff that you've learned to help other people that, you know, maybe where you were where you were at? Um, I guess, kind of maybe fill that void and, you know, maybe start helping other people. Yeah, no doubt. And I think a lot has to do with the idea of surrounding yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And I've kind of co coined a term that, uh, you know, I'm really not even a philanthropist. I'm a philanthropist because not only am I of service, but I tip out the biggest celebrities and athletes in the world to help facilitate bringing even more people and more ideas by elevating the brand profile and awareness of that charity or purpose or cause to help even more people. So 
you know, the, the giving is infectious, it's viral, and it's not just being of service myself, but attracting others who have influence to attract even more people to help others. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, as I said in the beginning of this, you know, I think there's a lot of influential people out there that, you know, maybe don't help as much as I would like to see them help, or maybe they do help, but, you know, sometimes they don't get, you know, the publicity from it or whatever the case is, so maybe they're doing a lot that, you know, maybe the public doesn't see. But, you know, I think part of it would be, you know, better if more influential people would come out and actually help, you know, in public and showing people, because, you know, a lot of people like me, you know, we look up to big business people and people like you to, you know, kind of help guide us, and we look for mentorship. And, you know, sometimes I think if some of those more influential people would be, I guess, more publicly when they're helping people or, you know, I guess speak about it more, that it might, you know, I guess infect more people to want to do that. Um, is, is that somewhat why you spread your message, you know, online so much? Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think that I can be utilized as a vehicle to help promote the good that all these athletes and celebrities are, are doing. And I'll give you an example right in your backyard, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is something we assist with in the marketing and work very closely with my business partner, Warren Moons, on the board, uh, and the marketing guy on the board for the Professional Football Hall of Fame. Uh, but Warren himself probably volunteers over 300 days. 300 days of the 365 days are given to other people. Uh, in every single one of those days, 300, over 300 of the 365 days, are in service of, of helping other people, and he's not doing it for himself. And um, for, for these people that are the extremely successful, they feel that, you know, to self-promote that would be to, you know, it's almost to, to them uh, you know, detrimental to, to what they're doing they, because they're not doing it. They've already achieved their thing, and, and they're not doing it, but they're truly doing it to be of service. And, I, I can't think of a more generous or giving group than the professional hall, football hall of famers that give hundreds of days of their time for free. And these are the guys that can charge thirty to fifty thousand dollars in appearance. They get paid hundreds, if not thousand dollars for a signature, and yet they're out there at schools and boys and girls clubs and all over the place. I, you know, I know Andre Reed is another guy who works with the boys and girls club and he gives hundreds of days, not, not a few days, I'm talking hundreds of days towards these causes and purposes. And, uh, you know, I, I decided that, you know, instead of just being an agent for money, that I could be an agent for cause and purpose and social change, and I could help facilitate raising the brand awareness and profile of the causes, purposes, and, and issues that these great athletes and celebrities are supporting instead of trying to raise money celebrities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely, uh, you know, as I said, I think that the universe gives you back double when you, you know, whenever you help and whenever you, you know, I guess, help people in need. And, you know, maybe that's part of, you know, I guess, kind of your story and success, because I know that you've created a lot of success before, you know, that paradigm shift in your life, where you were chasing money and you were chasing those things that, you know, kind of filled a, you know, void in your life. And then you started to give back to other people in need. And, you know, from what I've learned from you, it, it was kind of a big shift in your life to where, you know, you realize that everything wasn't really just about money, that it was, you know, about helping others, you know, being a mentor, being a coach, being a speaker, and just kind of sharing your story 
so that other people that can connect, you know, with that story or in that same spot, you know, might go out there and, and, you know, make a difference. And I think, you know, as you said, one of the, one of the big things, you know, like you say, Warren Moon helps a lot of people 300 plus days in the year. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, would think that's insane to, you know, spend 300, you know, days volunteering for others. And, you know, like you said, he doesn't really, you know, want promotion or anything like that because it's almost, um, you know, detrimental, you know, to the image of what they're trying to do because they're not doing it for, you know, publicity, for extra money. Like you said, they're doing it simply because they want to serve others. Um, I guess maybe that's part of the reason why they don't go out and, and you know, publ- you know, publicize it is, you know, they just don't want that mixture of, you know, I guess kind of that mixture of publicity where are you doing this to get more, you know, views? Are you doing this for, you know, the right reasons? But I guess what is that, you know, sweet spot when it comes to being able to to show people that you're out there helping others in need where it's not too much where people are looking at you as someone that's just trying to gain publicity from, you know, helping those that are in need? Well, I think as long as they keep the focus on the purpose cause or the charity, and I think Warren, uh, as well as others, do an exceptional job of doing that, where, you know, they may be in the background. They obviously are contributing and volunteering and utilizing their brand likeness and aware, uh, brand and likeness attached to the cause. But what they do so well is utilize their celebrity and influence to promote the cause instead of their own brand. And I think that's almost... Uh, an anomaly of why some of these negative overtures exist within sports and entertainment that, you know, if, you know, these negative guys, they, they promote exponentially when Ray Lewis, you know, made his mistake or another athlete, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Woods made his mistake. That's everywhere on ESPN, but but it doesn't have the the newsworthy attraction or the social influence uh, to put up there, you know, oh, Warren Moon made an appearance for, uh, you know, Police for Peace today, and, you know, it's just, you know, people are like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Where, where these guys can really make the difference is to keep on promoting the causes, and when Warren Moon shows up for, you know, Fashion First or Police for Peace or the Crescent Moon Foundation scholarship fund or whatever he shows up for, then all the wealthy people come to see Warren Moon and he makes an ask for those causes. That's really where the change occurs. You know, Warren Moon doesn't need to promote Warren Moon. He needs, you know, wealthy people and big corporations to come to his events for these causes to give money so that kids can go to college so that cancer can be cured, so that kids have a place to play after school, so that we can reduce crime and, and create equality. All the things that Warren Moon and myself work for, we use our celebrity, our influence, and our platform to promote the profile of these brands so that you know, these guys get these unbelievable experiences and say, oh, my goodness, you know, I went to the Joe Namath golf tournament for the Munch of Dimes, and it was you know, Warren Moon and John Randall and and smokes and, you know, the list goes on and on. And then all these other corporate guys are go, I want to go next year. And, oh, it's $5,000 a golf tournament, you know, a, a player. And, but it all goes to the March of Dimes. Oh, I love the March of Dimes. And all of a sudden we create momentum, not for the celebrities, but for the kids who need the money from the March of Dimes. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. And I mean, you bring up a very good point in there. Is, you know, all over ESPN, you see the Tiger Woods mistakes and the Ray Lewis mistakes and all these negative things. And, you know, obviously they, you know, throw sports in there. But, you know, you would think that someone, you know, like Warren Moon, who has such a presence in football and, you know, what he's done for the sport, you know, you think that they might, you know, shed some light on some of the different ways that, you know, these athletes are helping people in need. Um, and, and, I mean, I guess, you know, my question is why do you think that they always – you know, the media or, you know, ESPN or some of these things that, you know, have such a powerful channel of influence, I guess, kind of ignore, you know, some of that, um, you know, philanthropy setting and, and, you know, pushing some of those things that help people in need as opposed to spreading some of that negativity and, and just, I guess, some of that stuff that sells. It's just the economic model of TV and advertising is that they need eyeballs and, and they need headlines and they need sizzle. And so to put a really ugly picture of Tiger Woods up after he's been arrested for, you know, a drunk DUI instead of driving under the influence because he was on pills or whatever, the true story is, which never really comes out because now that story's buried and, you know, the influences are in different directions. So, you know, I have not seen one fizzle wheel on how much money the, the Tiger Woods Foundation has raised uh, for kids. And, you know, the influence of Tiger Woods in both, uh, you know, creating equality for races within golf, sexes within golf. Tiger Woods did so much for golf. And if he made the mistake of driving under the influence, uh, he should be penalized. Just as if uh, one of us had done the same thing. He should be penalized. He should go through our justice system. They have to do community service, lose his driver's license, go to jail, whatever that is. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Tiger Woods is as bad as he said they are. But, but in order to get the most meat on the bones for these media outlets, they got to make, they have to villainize Tiger Woods. And they have to put a villain picture of Tiger Woods up there. And they have to, you know, create a villain story of Tiger Woods and make sure that that sizzle and the media and the content is there so that more people see, you know, the breaking news ticker on the bottom so they tune in to ESPN or wherever to watch the rest of the story. And if they put up there as a sizzle, Tiger Woods Foundation has raised over $100 million for kids, no one's going to tune in to see the rest of the story. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I mean, that's, you know, to me personally, you know, being a young millennial, and I'm kind of somebody that, you know, has always thought of helping others in need and, you know, I've always wanted to see more in the media of people helping because, you know, like you said, you know, the Tiger Woods Foundation, I'm sure, has helped way more people than it's hurt, you know, and, you know, Tiger Woods is an exceptional person in golf and an exceptional human being, and we all make mistakes. And I think one of the things that, you know, might hurt us in the media is, you know, we're so, everybody wants to be so politically correct, um, you know, that we look at that and, and you know, it's, I guess we never learn from it. You know, if we were able to hear you know, uh, Tiger Woods' story and, you know, how he helps people in need and, you know, how that changed his life and, you know, what he did to maybe get back from something like that. I think a lot of the kids out there that look up to Tiger who now maybe see, you know, a negative connotation on them because of everything that's been pushed on them, you know, and they never really learn, I guess, that struggle and that hardship and, like you say, that humility that, you know, he had to go through to get, you know, to where he is now or, you know, to get through that hardship, you know, it definitely, I think it would help more people out there. But instead, you know, everybody wants to focus on the negative. And, you know, that's why, you know, I asked you earlier, you know, why why some celebrities might not, I guess, 
show publicly that they help people in need as much as I think that they maybe should because there's a lot of people, you know, like me that look up to them that if they've seen this real-life kind of experiences of, you know, these athletes and these people that we look up to, you know, go through, it might help us on, you know, I guess more of a personal level than it does just kind of seeing the fluff and the politically correct people on TV and, you know, never really seeing the hardships that anybody goes through. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing that I've learned uh, that may help you out is that I have a philosophy of creating a conversation. So one of the techniques to utilize in marketing to raise awareness for charitable causes and purposes is to utilize maybe more of a sizzle to create the conversation and then utilize the content uh, of the goodness in order to support the conversation. So you can utilize a negative story about Tiger Woods to raise the awareness of an issue, right, the dangers of DUI, but also then to raise the awareness of the good parts about Tiger Woods. So if I was building a story uh, to create and support the economic nature of our media, what I would do is go ahead and utilize the truth, which is Tiger Woods was arrested on a DUI, and I would utilize any picture that I had, whether it's flattering or not, but then when I drew the people into the story, I would give both sides of it. So I would say, look, Tiger, Tiger Woods, you know, he's distraught. The reason he's distraught is because he has done so much for so many people. It shows statistics on how uh, women viewership and, and attraction to golf had gone up 250% when Tiger Woods was playing, that Tiger Woods and men and women were the most recognizable that more African-Americans were playing golf, 1,000% more African-Americans were playing golf, that he had raised over $100 million for charity. And like all of us, he is prone to make mistakes. And let's look into why Tiger Woods has been you know, driven to utilizing pills or alcohol and making a bad judgment of utilizing pills or alcohol before he gets behind the wheel. What caused this, right? And and but yet not diminish the cause. In fact, you can raise the awareness of the cause and his generosity while you're still reporting the negative aspects of being human. Um, and you also could then bring in right gratitude. You could bring in empathy or forgiveness. You also could talk about accountability. But the area that we fall down on, and these are my four principles, right? Gratitude, empathy, accountability. And the last one is effective communication. We're not effectively communicating that which inspires us, that which connects us to goodness. We're not effectively communicating what people need to hear, which is there is a good and a bad to everything, and we can use some of the negative things that happen to create more good. And that, that's raising the awareness, creating a conversation, while you're still creating news that companies will advertise and pay money to your channel, which creates more abundance and help for even more people. Wow. No, that's, yeah, that's definitely a strong point of view. And, I mean, like you said, you kind of reel them in with the negative, and then you just show them both sides of the story and just kind of make it, you know, open and honest to let them learn from it or, you know, kind of pr pr provide stats that show, you know, hey, he did this, but, you know, also, like you said, you know, African-American golfers up a 1,000%, more women, you know, being noticed in golf, you know, raise over $100 million for people in need. So, 
you know, maybe that can show some of the people out there that look at him in a negative connotation that, wow, this dude really does, um, you know, help people in need. And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they see that Tiger Woods story and then, you know, we all like to see, I guess, a triumphant story. You know, someone goes through the ditches and the dirt and, you know, the, their names crashed and then all of a sudden, you know, they kind of raised from the fire and, you know, now they're a better person for it and, you know, they're helping more people or whatever the case is. And I think, you know, if we started to see more people like that in the media or, you know, portrayed that way that, you know, it might help, you know, raise awareness for helping people in need. And, um, you know, I, you know, like I've been telling you, I like everything you do. I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you for this quick interview because, um, you know, I do, you know, read and I look around and, you know, as I've said, I've kind of, you know, in my own life said, man, I wish more people that had influence would help, you know, and spread the word and help others in need. And, you know, when I was searching around the internet, you are probably the biggest name out there that, you know, really kind of pushes that to help people and, you know, be a humanitarian philanthropist type style. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that, you know, made me want to gravitate towards you and reach out and, you know, start this conversation because, um, you know, I, like I said, I don't see a lot of people out there that are pursuing or, you know, pushing that help people in need, you know, while getting your own goals. And, you know, I like that about, you know, your branding and your own personal goals and, and what you got, you know, going for you. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you, you nailed it, right? You, you, you nailed it. And it, it's all about if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And we have to look at what resources we have to be of service. And when you shift that paradigm, the universe will provide one of, you know, just to finish up uh, this you know, great interview, I, I think it's important. One of the things you said is, and you started in, in the middle, you said it, when, when we give, we get twice as much back. Uh, you know, and I've heard people tell me when I give, I get ten times as much back. The interesting thing about the universe is that, you know, I look at it in a technological sense, in a mathematical sense, is that the more we give, you cannot get more than you give. But the reason it feels like so much more when we're receiving is because the universe is so efficient, effective, and statistically successful that it feels, because it comes so rapidly and accurately, when it comes so rapidly and accurately back to us, it feels like we're getting so much more than we gave. And the other component of that is it feels so much better to give than to receive. And so just because it feels so easy and it feels so good to give, we feel like when we're receiving that we're receiving so much more than we give. And that's truly why people say we get we, we get more than we give when we give, right? And, and if I could express to everyone one simple statement that allows you to have everything you want in life and in business, it's simply be of service by being kind. It's not, you know, two words change this whole world. If everybody in the world was kind, everybody would have everything they wanted. We would have no death, disease, destruction. Everything is cured by kindness. If you look upon everything with kindness of how to be of service, of every single person you met you were kind to, every single situation you met you were kind to, kindness is the most extraordinary thing that can change lives. 